the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful in the dust, forgives our sins, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. But for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we can delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his only Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. 
but send us the spirit of truth whom you promised from the Father for you live and reign with him the Holy Spirit one God now and forever Amen The scripture readings for this the ascension of our Lord observed The first reading from the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. And he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. 
And so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. second reading from the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, verses 15 through 23. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
We stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. And then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them, and while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Together we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text for this day on which we mark the ascension of our Lord is from the first book of Moses, the book of Genesis, the 45th chapter, in these words of his. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved with yourselves, for God sent me before you to save your lives by a great deliverance. And he made me to be father of Pharaoh and lord over all his house and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And so bring your father, Joseph said, and your households and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And so far, our text, dear friends, in our ascended Lord Jesus, St. Augustine, one of the brightest Christian thinkers of the 4th and 5th centuries, he once noted, the Old Testament lies in the New Testament revealed. The New Testament lies in the Old Testament concealed. The New Testament realities are there in the Old Testament, yet concealed. And so it takes revealing. And that's why we heard today what we did in the Gospel reading, that Jesus opened their minds, remember? Luke writes, Jesus opened the minds of the disciples to understand the Scriptures, to understand the Old Testament Scriptures. He did it in order to reveal them. Luke writes, everything Jesus says that was written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms, that it must be fulfilled. For as Jesus himself would say to the Jews, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But where? Where in Moses do we see pictures or descriptions of Christ Jesus and his work? Where do we see New Testament spiritual realities there concealed in the writings of Moses? Realities of what God in Christ would do? of what God in Christ has done, of what God through Christ continues to do for us. Where do we see them? Well, here, consider our Ascension Sermon text, the account of Joseph. Joseph. Joseph about whom Moses wrote. Consider Joseph, this Old Testament figure that many of you know from Sunday school lessons of old. Consider this Old Testament figure, this prefigure if you will, so that, and consider him so that we might today better understand today's ascension news and the fulfillment of the Old Testament revealed in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, consider Joseph. Joseph, he was the pride and the favored son of Israel, or perhaps known better by Israel's former name, Jacob. Joseph, the pride and favored son of Jacob, who's known as Israel, a favorite son of Israel. He was anointed by his father with a special, remember, in a colorful tunic, a cloak to wear and to bear, an anointing that said to all of those who saw it, this is my beloved son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Indeed, Moses wrote, now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children, Joseph, Joseph, you see, was special in the eyes of old Israel. But the other children of Israel, they didn't so readily and willingly welcome 
the coming of this favorite son. Moses records that his brethren hated him and couldn't speak peaceably of him because, you see, he displaced their long-standing and established tradition, their family tradition, their pecking order. He'd upset the apple cart. He was, he was like a stone that the family builders rejected because he didn't quite fit. They were threatened by his preeminence. They were jealous of him. So jealous were they that when the father sent this favorite son to his own brothers who were tending Israel's sheep, he came to his own, but Moses tells us his own did not receive him. Instead, he records that they conspired to kill him and then sold him, Moses writes, for a few pieces of silver. And so into the hands of Gentiles, he'd be sold into Egypt, he'd go. And though he'd done nothing wrong, though he'd done nothing wrong, this innocent man would be falsely charged and accused, convicted by the wife of Potiphar. And he'd be numbered then among common criminals. But what was meant for harm, God, God would work for great good to save lives by a great deliverance. And this Joseph, God raised up from the dungeon of humiliation and exalted him and ascended him, if you will, to the right hand of Egyptian power. And all things in the land were placed under his feet so that Moses would write, Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And then Pharaoh took his signet ring and off of his hand and put it on Joseph's hands and he clothed him in royal robes, placed a golden chain around his neck. And as Joseph rode in royal chariot, they cried out before him, bow the knee. And so Pharaoh set him, Moses writes, over all the land saying to Joseph, without your consent, no man may lift his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Does that sound at all familiar to you? Does it all here that Moses wrote sound a bit familiar to your New Testament ears? A favored son of Israel, rejected by his own, betrayed with silver, falsely charged, unjustly numbered among common thieves, and yet a travesty through which God would work the greatest blessings imaginable. And he'd be raised up and ascended to the right hand of power and made Lord over all. Of course it sounds familiar to you. Friends, Jesus Christ is the greater Joseph. Jesus is the fulfillment of all that Joseph in his life depict and prefigure. And though Joseph's long ago ascension to the right hand of Egyptian power has rather little to do with you and me today, indeed it vividly helps us to understand how our Lord's ascension has everything to do with you and me today. The first reading from Acts today, and the Gospel reading too, they record for us today ascension's moment. It's snapshot moment from the, the point of view of the disciples, earthbound disciples. They capture Ascension's moment, Jesus having accomplished this great deliverance on the cross, and that confirmed by his resurrection, now triumphantly ascends through the clouds to take his seat at the right hand of power. And while the first chapter of Acts today and the, the, the last of Luke 
record for us ascension snapshot moment and what the perspective of earthbound, heaven-gazing disciples could see with their eyes, the epistle reading for today records for us ascension's effect and what their earthbound eyes couldn't see. And here's what the epistle reading says. Remember, it says, The Father seated Jesus at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. That's ascension. That's ascension. The greater Joseph ascends to take his throne. But what do we... His brothers, what should we make of it all? What should we, his brothers, make of that all? Now consider that question very carefully. Because you can be sure Joseph's brothers did when it was revealed to them that their brother ruled and reigned. In fact, you know what Moses writes? Moses writes that when Joseph made himself known to to his brothers, his brothers, he writes, could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. They were dismayed at his presence. They knew how they treated him. Even if no one else had known, they knew, and he knew how they treated him. Jealousy, resentment, malice. They knew that they'd sold their brother off for a few shekels of silver. They knew that they'd put him away in the worst way that you can imagine. No wonder they were dismayed at his presence. In the presence of the Lord of all, would we be so unlike Joseph's brothers? Would we have confidence of clearest conscience? Or, in fact, have we shown far less than brotherly love? We know. And he knows, even if no one else knows, we know how we've treated him and those he calls his brothers. We've sold him out, perhaps. We've sold him out for a few shekels of popularity among our friends. We've perhaps been jealous and resentful over the prominent and preeminent place in our lives that our own fathers and mothers have insisted that he have. And we resent them for it. Perhaps, or we resent him for it. And even though the sun and moon and stars and sheaves of grain should rightly bow down before him, perhaps still our sinful pride, like Joseph's brothers, refused that posture. So that in this facet of life, or or in that facet, the knee we simply refuse to bow. Perhaps we've, albeit subtly, maybe selectively and only to a degree, but perhaps we too have indeed put him away so that day to day we need not deal with him anymore. Are we really so unlike Joseph's brothers? Jesus, our greater Joseph, reigns. But what should we, his brothers, make of it? Should we be dismayed as they were? Well, remember what Moses wrote. Though his brothers were dismayed, Moses writes that Joseph said to his brothers, Please, come near to me. 
And Moses says that Joseph kissed all of his brothers and he wept over them. And Joseph forgave his brothers their transgressions, though they were great. And what about Jesus, our greater Joseph? Has he held you to account for your sin? Or did he not indeed cry out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? Has he justly insisted that you stay as far away from him as the east is from the west? Or indeed has he, as scripture says, brought you who once were far off near with his own blood? Has he repaid you evil for your evil? Or has he indeed embraced you in a world of malintending brothers with arms outstretched? And by his reconciling death upon the cross, has he not repaid you grace upon grace? And isn't that what the prophet Isaiah would write? And can't you just picture Joseph saying words like this to his brothers, embracing them and assuring them? As Isaiah writes, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God, that your iniquity is pardoned. For you have received from the Lord's hand double For all of your sins, double portion of his grace upon grace. Joseph's brothers must have wept and marveled that their royal brother, whom they so mistreated, would would treat them so kindly. We should marvel more that the writer of Hebrews says of Jesus, he is not ashamed To call us his brothers. He is not ashamed to call us his brothers. And that, my friends, is why the ascension means so much to us. Because you see, we have more than mere friends in high places. We have a brother. Our own flesh and human blood. A brother who sits on God's throne. And who reigns over all things. Like Joseph. Like Joseph of old who sat in the seat of Egyptian power and interceded for his brothers, we've got a greater brother, Jesus Christ, who sits in heavenly places and is our advocate with the Father and our eager protector and glad provider here on earth. And isn't that exactly what Joseph did for his brothers? That's what Moses writes, isn't it? We heard it in our text. Joseph said, I am your brother. I'm Joseph, your brother. And God has made me Lord of all of Pharaoh's house and ruler throughout all the land. And so he said, and so bring your father and your households and come unto me and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And you will eat of the fat of the land, Moses writes. And Joseph says, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Joseph was positioned and equipped to give endless grain to his brothers in those years of their famine. But Jesus, our greater Joseph, infinitely more. Infinitely more, more, not only daily grain, but the bread of life. So that our souls may be satisfied no matter how severe life's famine. And not in limited and rationed quantity and supply, but Scripture says that he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And he does it as he comes to us very presently. And though you you can't see him, 
Certainly He's present here with us to deliver his, in His means of grace to deliver to us this grace upon grace. Joseph, remember, was equipped to prepare a place near him in Goshen for his brothers. But Jesus, not just earthly dwellings, but heavenly mansions he's prepared. And if in my ascension, he says, I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself, so that where I am there, you may be also. Imagine... In the midst of of their life's famine, what contentment Joseph's brothers must have known. Their brother, who loved them dearly, reigned in the highest places. What need of theirs, think of it, what need of theirs possibly couldn't be met? Are we so unlike Joseph's brothers When the famines of life dry up your livelihood, remember that Jesus Christ, your ascended brother, reigns and his daily bread won't fail you. But it'll come to you in his wise measure. When regret of past looms dark over present, remember that Jesus Christ is quick to forgive, slow to anger, abounding in love, and positioned, is he not? Position to govern earthly consequences and help you through them, just as he does spiritual ones. Even when life's famine dries up your youthful vigor and bones begin to creak and rattle and groan, remember then who's promised to take you to himself. Because remembering then, It's as Luther once said, remembering then, then we'll recall that even these old bones that creak and and rattle are no different than old Jacob's rickety wagon. His rickety wagon that when he learned that his dear Joseph was still alive in Egypt, our old bones like his rickety wagon that carried old Jacob to his heart's delight. Jesus Christ, our greater Joseph, has ascended. And that means we've got more than friends in high places. Our brother reigns. A blessed ascension to you all. In his name, amen. Rise and sing with me our post-sermon hymn.
day on which we mark and celebrate the ascension of our Lord, we approach God's throne of grace with all confidence, knowing that our brother of flesh and blood, Jesus Christ, reigns in glory at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. With this assurance, we now pray for the Church, for ourselves, and for all people according to their need. Heavenly Father, in greatest compassion, you sent your Son to become man. You delivered him up for our transgressions and raised him for our justification and have now seated Christ Jesus at your ever-present right hand of power and have placed all things under his feet and dominion. By the working of your Holy Spirit, enable us to draw strength and courage from our Lord's ascension, knowing that our own flesh and blood reigns over all and is merciful and kind toward the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord Jesus Christ, you are head over all things in the church. Continue to provide for her faithful pastors, made fit to preach, and faithful people eager to hear. And though now ascended and unseen by mortal eye, you truly are yet with us everywhere and present to repay us grace upon grace through your means of gospel and word and sacrament, Sustain your people by faithful administration and reception of these gifts to men until you come again to bring us to the heavenly home you've prepared for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Son of God, the King of kings who has ascended high above all principalities and powers, raise up and strengthen leaders in the world and in our own land to govern with integrity and with humility that your name might be glorified through them and that peace and justice may prevail over aggression and injustice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O eternal Father, as a nation, we give pause this weekend to remember with thanksgiving the many servicemen and women who selflessly gave their lives in exchange for the freedoms that we in this land enjoy. Preserve us from forgetfulness or from ingratitude that we might never take these liberties you've afforded us for granted. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord Jesus Christ, great physician of body and soul, tend to the needs of those who are sick and infirmed, including Hugh Ryan, currently hospitalized, Paul Duell, Robert and Dorothy Latham, Dick and Elsie Much, Ruth Allfeld, Marguerite Held, others. Grant rest to the weary, including Jan Williams, who continues to suffer from debilitating migraines and related complications, grant comfort to the grieving. Bless also those who are blessed, Gary and Sherry Bell, as they have become grandparents for the first time. May each in this world be encouraged by your promises and very real presence and our certain hope of abundant life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord of all, grant the gift of Christian companionship to those who seek it. Grant gainful employment to those without. After the pattern of your kindness, encourage us in brotherly love to reach out with what we've been given to aid those who stand in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In your mercy and grace, protect all unborn children from danger or from threat of harm, that they may be preserved until the day they are delivered into this world, and yet further until the day that you would, through holy baptism, deliver them from the world and sin and the devil and make them to be your own forever. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, though today, with the extinguishing of the Paschal candle, we conclude the Easter season of this church year, 
Remind us each week that you draw us to partake of the victory over sin and death that you've accomplished in Christ's death and resurrection. Train our hearts and our eyes heavenward that we may be prepared at the glorious returning of our Lord Jesus on the last day. Hear these our prayers. Deliver and preserve us, we pray. Through Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and hear us as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and merciful God, we've again worshipped in your presence and received both forgiveness for our many sins in the assurance of your love in Jesus Christ. We thank you for this undeserved grace and ask you to keep us in the faith until with all your saints we inherit the fullness of our eternal salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace.